And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating Friday as we head into the weekend not being afraid, even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas, because our help comes from the Lord. First, frequently we find ourselves in a place where when we believe we need to respond to a situation or a comment or a question, we feel like we're on the spot. We have to respond. Okay? Something happens, you got to respond to that. But following Jesus' example, we can quickly see that God does not require our reactions. Listen to this. This will blow your mind. If asked about our faith or joy, we need to be ready to share who lives in us and why we have such a happiness or confidence. But when people are trying to get a response from us, we need to be more sensitive to the Lord. Listen to this. Responses are not required. Ooh, what does that mean? Next, the old song goes, you can't beat God-giving, no matter how, how hard you try. All right, so here's a brilliant key to living in great anticipation. The Lord knows how much you have given up and sacrificed to walk your journey in a manner that pleases him. You and I have surrendered nothing that God hasn't seen. In other words, he's seen everything we've given up. And the kicker is that you and I will never owe God anything because he always outgives his people. This is true in this lifetime and in the eternal one to come. And finally, because I missed on it Tuesday because I'm terrible at coordination, uh, we're still going to talk about sin. <laughs> sin. It's missing the mark. It's anything that's contrary to God. Anything. It's sin. The penalty for sin is death. Any sin. Death. Any sin. Death, all sin, every sin, little or big, only through Jesus' forgiveness, through love, grace, mercy, and kindness, through Jesus Christ. Everything comes uh, to the cross. Before the cross points to the cross, everything after points back to Jesus. Remember this about sin. Size doesn't matter. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. I like that. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show. David at he must increase.org. That's David at he must increase.org. You can text us during the show. 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us during the show live. No, really. 972 445 0770. 
That's 972-445-0770. When you make that phone call, 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to Amazing Jen. Let me tell you what that's like. That's like the last 60 seconds of any chore anywhere. Just the last minute. And then you will feel amazing. Yeah, because you're done. See, that's why. That's why that's good. All right, bottom line, maybe you've got a prayer request. Maybe you've got a praise report. I do want to say that for the people that are adding their names to the text, you know that I'm just going to use your names on the air. So just, just if you don't want that, tell me now. Anyhow, uh, bottom line, maybe you've got something you want to share. The Lord's been working in your life and something is really coming together. Or maybe you're just at this standstill and you're like, you know, I'm trying to make this decision. I need prayer for wisdom. I need understanding. It's something that we're supposed to ask the Lord. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously. And he responds without finding fault because if he wanted to find fault, he could. Uh, bottom line to that whole process is reach out to us. We'll be glad to be brothers and sisters on the air. This is not your church, though it is a fellowship, and so you want to treat it with that level of respect. We also do this weird thing called Bible trivia. According to Paul, but even more so, according to the author of the book of Hebrews, for the Christian, where is our citizenship? Hmm. Hmm. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Pow, pow for L. 214-210-8483 would be the text. And then David at he must increase.org would be the email. The question on the table, just to make sure we're all on the same page, uh, according to Paul, and most primarily, though, uh, uh, the author of Hebrews, where is our citizenship? That's the question. I'm just on a roll today. <laughs> Some days they just roll better than other days. I don't know. I don't get it. This teaching is so good that we're going to do. Uh, one thing we are going to try and do is we're going to pray for our nation. I am going to do a 9-11 uh, teaching at the, not a teaching, but a 9-11 uh, uh, tribute from Ray at the very end of the show. Uh, I would appreciate prayer for ministry direction. Deb and Noel and I need uh, the wisdom of the Lord. We're going to have a meeting up and coming on Monday, and I uh, want you guys to be praying for all of us. That would be greatly appreciated. And then also, here's something that I'd like you to pray. I'm going to throw this in your direction. I haven't done this often, but I'm going to throw it in your direction. When you're praying for the audience, listen to this. This is super, super, super good. When you're uh, uh, praying for the audience, pray for their lost family members, right? I know you're praying for your lost family members, and I appreciate that, and I think you should, and I, I pray for your lost family members. Pray for somebody else's lost family members because you know what a man sows, that shall he also reap. So therefore, praying for other people, and you get other people praying for you, and everybody's praying for everybody, and that's just a good idea. All right, last on the trivia, and then we're going to go into the teaching, and this is teaching I absolutely, I'm telling you, I just think it's phenomenal. Uh, according to Paul, but most, most importantly, according to the author of Hebrews, where is our citizenship? That's the question. If you think you know the answer, what is our number? 972-445-0770 or text 214-210-8483 or send an email david at he must increase.org. Luke chapter 20, verse 7 through 8. 
See, one of the reasons that I like Jesus is because everybody has very specific, this is societally correct, and this is how you got to do things. And, you know, some of you grew up this this way. You had teachers or parents or Sunday school teachers or whatever saying, you should never answer a question with a question, which Jesus did about 22 times. <laughs> so, so it's like, Jesus did and plenty. Okay, so here in Luke chapter 20, verse 7 through 8. So they answered that they did not know where it came from. This is referring to the baptism of John, what the authority it came from. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. I would like to isolate on that because we don't think that's permitted anymore. We have a tremendously gotcha uh, uh, society, and it goes both ways. It's not just one way. It's not just conservatives. It's not just liberals. It's not just Democrats. Not just Republicans. Not just independents. People do gotcha and have been doing gotcha stuff for ages. Okay, there's nothing new. Most of the human behavior that you have seen, the only thing that's new in society in the 20th and the 21st century that's new, new is the different methodologies we've learned to kill people with. That's pretty much the new, new, okay? So Jesus says, they answered, oh, we can't tell you where it comes from. Jesus said to them, then I'm not going to tell you by what authority I do these things. For some reason, we feel like when somebody puts us on a spot, outside of the scripture being clear that we're supposed to give an answer for the joy that's in us, for the faith that we have, outside of that, we don't have an obligation to always answer people. I know. You think, oh, no, that's them winning the argument. Not according to Jesus. What did Jesus like? Yeah, I'm not telling you. And you would think for a second, you think, no, but that's an opportunity to share. Or that's an opportunity to set them straight, or that's an opportunity to get these things, you know, in the in the right direction. Here's the response from Jesus: Do what the Father tells you to do, and say what the Father tells you to say. People might ask you for an answer, and there is an appropriate time and an appropriate place to give an answer, but not for every question. And if you remember, there's a time just to be silent. Jesus, I mean, made that absolutely clear. And so and I find it more ironic that when some of the accusations were leveled at Jesus, that he was silent. But then as soon as Pilate made mention as to true authority and true power, Jesus made a comment. I just find that interesting because I think Jesus was like, <laughs> you're so far off. But the idea is that I, I'm trying to tell you something. You don't always have to give an answer. You don't always have to give a good answer. If somebody asks you a question, and, and number one, if you don't have an answer, you have permission to say, I don't know. <laughs> this is okay. You know what this is called? Being human. Okay. Only God knows everything. And number two, there's sometimes you shouldn't respond because people are just trying to goad you or set you up. It's like, you know what? I'm not answering that. It's like, that's, and I'll give you a perfect example. You want an example, like in, in everyday life, not in Christian life, in everyday life? Which child would you, you know, you have a child on one ledge and a child on another. Which child are you going to go reach? That's the stupidest question in the world. I'm going to shoot the person that put the kids up there. I mean, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like my idea is that we don't have to be responsive or responding to everybody's everything, especially when the questions or the inquiries are either stump, dumb, or have no value in giving an answer because they won't care anyway. Remember what Jesus said? Don't throw your pearls before swine. I'm pretty sure he wasn't talking about actual pigs. 
So we'll work that out another time. All right, folks. Uh, the, the answer to trivia. <laughs> Didn't blow it that time. According to Paul, and mostly the author of Hebrews, where is our citizenship? And the answer is in heaven. That's where we are citizens first. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. What is the David Spoon Experience? Regardless of what the world says, regardless of what politics say, regardless of what uh, different people say, Jesus does one thing better than anybody else. He brings hope. It's like, wait, this could be different. And in verse 29, she touches Jesus, and immediately her bleeding stops, right? She, the Bible says, look at it, immediately her bleeding stopped. She felt it in her body. She was freed from her suffering. You know, people will say, well, I mean, how do you know if you're healed? I got a message for you. When the Lord, when you touch the Lord and power comes from the Lord into your life, you know. She knew. Not only did she knew, Jesus knew. And Jesus was like, okay, who touched me? Who touched me? Power went out for me. Right? And then the disciples are, Okay. Like there's like a thousand people right next to you. How are we supposed to? Now, why did Jesus do all that? Watch this. This is just one of those absolute mind blowers. The first thing that happens to her is her issue of blood ceases to exist because she touches Jesus. We would call that a physical healing. She was physically healed. She had an issue of blood, and that's a problem, and she couldn't do anything to help it. But when she was able to touch Jesus, bam, the physical healing happened. But then Jesus does this such weird thing because he's so cool that it just fits the whole thing. He says, who touched me? And they're all like going, okay, well, you know, take a look around, dude. There's a lot of people here. And he's like, who touched me? And then the woman said, it was me, right? Jesus not only physically healed her, watch this, he socially healed her because a woman who had an issue of blood was not allowed to have the same level of public contact as everybody else. So he heals her physically and then calls her up in front of everybody and goes, yeah, you're well now, huh? It's just, just think about the moment. And instead of saying anything negative, because God's not like that, he's like, oh, your faith has healed you. Okay, your faith and confidence in you touching me made the difference. You're physically healed. And let everybody who's around you know you are no longer to be untouched because you touched me. Now you're socially healed. Welcome back. To the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, I want to get this straight. 
Uh, let's see. Annika gave me a response for Loaded to Bear. She said, one who is ready for anything the worst. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see. And then uh, was it uh, Ken? And Ken gave the other thing saying, anyway, the question loaded for bear is a larger bullet to take down a big animal. It's like that's where it comes from. So if you want to know where it came from, ask those guys because <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but that both sound right. That sounds good to me. Uh, here's your next trivia question. Good job uh, on both of you for that. According to Revelation 13, I'm willing to take two answers on this. Uh, according to Revelation 13, who gives the beast his power? Dun, dun, dun. According to Revelation 13, I mean, it's in the book. Uh, who gives the beast his power? The opportunity to respond to that, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. And for some reason, my volume just uh, shot up for some weird reason. That's never happened before. That's so strange. I have been having uh, magneto-type things going on for the last uh, 72 hours. You know what that is, magneto-type things? That's where everything you touch that's electronic goes kind of wackadoodle. Uh, I've been having that going. Okay. All right, so somebody is calling in. Uh, the trivia question, straightforward, is according to Revelation 13, who gives the beast his power? There are two, basically two acceptable answers. Uh, we have somebody ready? All right, let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, Dr. David Will Rogers. Hey, Will Rogers, how are you, sir? I'm great. I hope you're more better. I am doing better and better, so I appreciate you asking me, just so you can know. This question is a very important question, and I, I have some friends. I, I know these people. They won't, they're afraid to read Revelation because they just get scared, and it's like, we win. <laughs> it's like, read that book. Re read that. You know, we win. We don't lose this. We already won. Yeah, exactly. We're just waiting for it to unfold in front of us. I mean, that we're good for it. All right, my brother, according to Revelation 13, who gives the beast his power? Well, it would be Satan gives him the power, and the false prophet gets everybody to worship him. That is correct. Satan is the answer. Ultimately, I would also have, have gone with the dragon, but, I mean, that's because it's kind of like the, the connection to it. But that is exactly correct, and I'm just going to go out on a limb, Will, and say you knew that ahead of time. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> is that kind of like a, I knew it, but I wanted to make sure it? <laughs> no, it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole idea here is Satan is the equivalent of God, and the beast is the equivalent of Jesus, and the false prophet is the equivalent of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, what's amazing about this, and then we'll get into because we haven't done this a lot, so there's two things we want to get into. We want to dive into spiritual gifts from both sides because I think it's fun to do. And then the other part about that is getting into the eschatology in the book of Revelation. It is so fascinating that the different views are not bad. There's, like, different you know views. If you take them as a collective, it's brilliant. It's all just absolutely brilliant. But that's because God is brilliant. That's what I'm going with. Yep. All right. Excellent job, brother. Thank you, you so much. You have a blessed day, sir. All right. You too. Bye-bye. 
All right. Excellent job by our brother, Will. Excellent work. All right. This joke is okay. <laughs> that, means, that means that you can buzz it, but I'd rather you have something a little less harsh. Okay? All right. Here we go. Now, folks, this is a joke. So for those of you that get easily offended by jokes, just hit mute for about, what, two minutes. There you go. When William Jennings Bryan went to call on the father of his prospective wife and seek the hand of his daughter in marriage, knowing the strong religious feeling of the father, he thought to strengthen his case by a quotation from the Bible. He quoted the proverb of Solomon. Whoso findeth the wife, findeth a good thing. But to his surprise, the father replied with a citation from Paul to the effect that he that marrieth what doeth well, but he that marrieth not does better. The young suitor was for a moment confounded. Then, with a happy inspiration, he replied that Paul seemingly had no wife, and Solomon had 700, and Solomon, therefore, ought to be the better judge of what a marriage is like. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. See, I think it's kind of funny because you know, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Just moving on, folks. Uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 28 through 30. If you're looking for, for some of you are like going, what is wrong with this guy? I can tell you right now, I'm on gospels. Ah, it's as old as when the Dead Sea was still sick. Uh, Luke 18, 28 through 30. Peter said, see, we have left our homes and followed you. And Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. All right. Talked about this briefly yesterday. The other version in Mark chapter 10 adds with persecution. Can't take that out, but that's not what I'm talking about in this particular point. I want to talk to you about hope. So it's a, I, I thought the way that this was phrased when I did some study on it was really unique, and I appreciated the, the perspective that it was trying to give. And here's the perspective. Jesus is telling, he was just finishing with the rich young ruler, and the rich young ruler didn't want to give up, you know, what he had. And he's like, you know, I don't want to give that up. And uh, and so then Peter, after hearing that whole exchange, is like, well, we've left our homes to follow you. We've given up uh, a, a ton of stuff. And Jesus responds and says, nobody's left their house, wife, brother, parents, children for the sake of the kingdom. Not, not to escape, folks. Not to run away from responsibility. But for the sake of the kingdom, for the name of Jesus, those who have done that will receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. So Jesus gives you the twofold answer. The answer is it's now and later. And we've talked about the kingdom of God being now and later. There's a kingdom now. There's a kingdom later. Answered prayer right now is the kingdom now. Second coming of Christ is the kingdom later. Got it. I mean, that's not that's no reason to get upset about that. But what? The angle was that caught me that I that made me understand this with a little more appreciation is this: you and I cannot outgive God. That, 
In other words, I, I feel like there's things in my life that I've sacrificed. I almost, I also feel like there's things that the Lord could have called me on the carpet for that he probably should have been called on the carpet for, but he didn't because he had mercy. I think the idea behind this is whatever I've poured in or given, just like Peter, well, we've left, we've done this, and Jesus' response is, you're going to get more in this lifetime and in the next. I think, well, how's that? How does that happen? Only God could put a person in a place where they recognize that whatever they gave up was only holding them back from something better. Only God could help a person understand that that which we sacrificed was killing us anyway. Do you hear that line? That which we sacrificed was killing us anyway. It wasn't that Isaac was the problem for Abraham. It was the thing in Abraham's heart towards Isaac that had to be crucified. And so many of us have Isaacs. And what's worse is those Isaacs represent sometimes the promises of God, because that's what Isaac represented. And Hebrews make 11 makes that clear that Abraham believed he was able to raise him from the dead. I mean, there's this process in this where we have to understand that that which we lay on the altar, has a, there's a reason why God wants it on the altar. So Jesus is telling them, you know, it's great, and I'm so glad you're with me. He, he loves these guys. He's, he's spent all this time with these guys. He's committed to these guys. He's committed to this the entire process, and he tells them, you're going to get it. You're going to get everything back. You're, you're, you're going to be short nothing, and you'll never ever outgive me. That's what Jesus told you. You'll never outgive me. I will always give you more back. And, you know, I, you'd like to do this. I mean, what I should have done, now that I think about it, I should have done this under a giving umbrella, right? That's how I should have done it. But, uh, you know, me, I'm not doing that. So the idea is that you have given and sacrificed and yielded. And it's in many things. Some people, I mean, I have not taken jobs because specifically, I was aware that that job would be a, a, a bad fit, nothing but a, a confrontation, and the, it wouldn't please the Lord, and the only reason I'd be doing it is spite. And it's like, that's not the reason to do it. The reason that we do things is because we are trying to be involved in the advancement of the kingdom of God. And you will never outgive God, whether it's financial or whether it's your time or whether it's relationships or whether it's homes or whether it's uh, uh, family. And in the other text, it says lands, whatever. You will never outgive God in this lifetime and in the next because God is generous. We just want God to be generous the way we think he should be generous. That's the flaw, which, by the way, is another thing that needs to be given up, that type of thinking. Okay? All right. I love teachings like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I feel so guilty but so blessed to know that God forgives me and I'm going to get closer to him through the process. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Hey there, it's Amazing Jennifer, and I am helping out the David Spoon Experience. As you may know, I basically run the KAAM radio station. Amazing! And Dr. Dave is looking for a few good people to join and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of this here radio ministry. 
Now you may be thinking, well, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Well, the truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have all you need to be a part of this ministry. But Jennifer, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Just fill out the form, and we will reach out to you. But sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. You are on your own with that. What is the David Spoon experience? You get into the Word of God and something's going to happen that will blow your mind. Ready? The law of the Lord is perfect, Psalm 119.7 says, able to restore the soul. And I've been in I've been doing this for a long time, and in my 42 and a half years of devotions and in my diligent devotion time, I kind of separate that between the two. I cannot tell you, it must be thousands of times where my attitude has been, and then I've went into the Word of God, and I came out different. It wasn't anything that I did as much as God speaking into me what he knows about his creation. And so I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, even if you've been a Christian for 50 years, for 60 years, nay, for 70 years, like the Apostle John was on the island of Patmos, be in the Word of God. It is alive. And it will give life and impart life to you through God's Spirit. People come and they read the Word of God, and they're like, well, I get nothing out of it. Well, they don't mix it with faith. And the Word of God, the promises of God not mixed with faith are useless because you have to be engaged with God and know he's going to speak. And people are like, well, that's a, that's a lot of requirement for me to get in there and read the Word of God. You want me actually to believe that God's going to speak to me? Yes, because he will and if you don't, you won't hear them. So when you open up that book, take 30 seconds, more than you ever have before, and say, just in this moment, just at this time, tune me in, Lord. Help me to hear what you have to say. Speak to me and let your word breathe life into me. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for your next trivia question. What does Paul say is the guarantee that Christians have an eternal house in heaven? Now, the way that question is phrased, I'm not ecstatic about, just so you can know. I'm telling you ahead of time. I'm kind of warning you. I don't necessarily like that. So let me rephrase it a little bit. What is it that we have inside of us? Who is it that we have inside of us that guarantees, that is the deposit, that we are going to have an eternal life? How about that? 
That's, is that, that's a better way to say it. Who is it that's inside of us that is the deposit guaranteeing our eternal life? Think Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, 14. Uh, if you think you uh, know the answer, you can reach out to us and call 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david, at he must increase. .org. I'm going to send you to the website before we take the person, just in order to make sure that we kind of stay with the continuity. Let me just remind you on the website, uh, it's a new website, but it's the same address. But check it out if you haven't spent enough time looking at the website. And then don't forget, we it's the same thing that happens. We don't get anything in for three or four days. Then we get a little in. Then we don't get anything for three or four days. It drives me crazy. Uh, give if you can give. Check out the site. Have a good time. Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? HeMustIncrease.org Praise report? HeMustIncrease.org Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org HeMustIncrease.org Wait, that's it? <laughs> that's a sure one. <laughs> well, obviously, that's the soundtrack from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's, uh, that's what... No? You don't think so? Okay. All right. Uh, somebody answered the trivia question. Poor Jennifer has to put up with this stuff. Like, I feel bad for her. Don, give her a raise. Um, okay. Go ahead and send the person through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Frederick. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic, brother. What a great question you asked the other day. So that was really good. Excellent well, thank job. You. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was, it was so it was a blessing to me to hear you expound. Great, great job. I enjoyed you. I appreciate that. All right. Now, this is a classic because I had to rearrange the question because as I'm reading it out of the book, I'm thinking, that's eh, just a terrible way to ask it. All right. So who does God uh, who, what does, who does God give us inside of us that guarantees that we will live for all eternity? Who is our deposit? Well, David, we have the undertaker that puts us into the ground. And then we have the upper taker that takes us to heaven. That would be none other than the Holy Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That is correct, sir! I love it! I love how you answer the question. That's so good. It's such a good job. And it's so amazing. People are just like, you, you don't understand. That's your depot. That's the depot. You're looking for something? That conviction of sin? Praise the Lord, because that means he's inside of you. Great job. That's right. That is the best. Uh, God bless you. Enjoy the show, David. All right. Enjoy. Thank you, brother. God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. What a blessing. All, All right. right. Uh, I'm going to tell on my wife in this segment, because it's history. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, I know. That's dangerous. She's not listening, though. She's super busy. She's got inventory. <laughs> go ahead and uh, play history. Let's go living in the past. Let's go living in the past. All right. So you just got to bear with me on this one. This is rather funny. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of the things, but I'm going to start off telling you uh, one thing. So Noelle had to work on... Tuesday, she's really good at her job. Not just kind of good. She's like, so the district people and the regional people ask her to go to stores to help at the other stores to get the other stores so they can be as good as her store. Okay? You, of course, think they'd give us bon give her bonuses for that. <laughs> yeah, you'd think so. Anyway, so uh, anyway, so she is, uh, she sometimes, uh, maybe once every two weeks, she travels to a different store and kind of helps them out. Right? 
And uh, she won't go corporate because that's a whole separate world. All right, so she's driving, and she goes, oh, my goodness, there's a – okay, so she's coming back from Allen, to, to back to fate. And what is it? Today is National Wiener Schnitzel Day. <laughs> she loves Wiener Schnitzel. She saw a Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah, I can't even say it. She got all excited. <laughs> Just leaves them talking around the phone. She's like, oh, well, it's not too bad traffic. And she goes, oh, there's a wiener schnitzel. They're good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's just like, oh. I was like, is it Hebrew nationalist? That's all I say. I say the same thing. They have to answer to a higher authority. So anyway, today is National Wiener Schnitzel Day. I tell my wife. That's all right. Uh, it's uh, No News is Good News Day. Well, that'd be true if it was the mainstream media. <laughs> news would be good news uh opposite day i'm not doing that i'm going the other direction i'm not gonna follow that and then uh teddy bear day oh i know that's you know teddy, teddy teddy bears teddy bears all right there you go <laughs> just gonna leave that alone uh 1850 the saddest thing happened in the united states california became the 31st united states <laughs> state in the united states see so if you have arizona property just wait for the crack you love Peach Barn property. It won't be a problem. Uh, this is amazing. So this is the kind of stuff that people don't know. Pneumatic rubber tire. Now you do what? 1890. John Boyd Dunlop. You got to give him props. Received a patent on his pneumatic rubber tire. Though it was later discovered that the principle of pneumatic tire had been patented in 1846. Uh, it was originally developed pneumatic tire for his son's tricycle. And from there, you had the pneumatic rubber tire. Isn't that weird? I think it's weird. Uh, in 1956, Elvis Presley performed on the Ed Sullivan Show. And then 1947, uh, tch, that's a dumb thing. Forget that. And then uh, the 1995, the PlayStation game console is released, released by Sony in the United States. I had a PlayStation. Did you have a PlayStation? I did not. I had a, uh, a Nintendo. I had a Nintendo. The 8-bit. <laughs> you had the 8-bit? Uh <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yes, you had to blow into the cartridge to get it to work. <laughs> the good old days. Yeah, the good old days. My kid had a, my kids had a, a set one time, and it wouldn't work because of that kind of thing. And uh, my son will testify to this, and I got to be very careful. But I did, uh, I did take an axe to it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, you know those days. <laughs> made a lot of sense all right we've done that we've done that we've covered that uh nothing else let's get into this text uh don't get all uh cheery uh but don't get all depressed because jesus is our redeemer here it is luke chapter 13 verse 1 through 5 and the te the name of this uh ddd is sin is sin is sin it's like yes i know i didn't go out for a lot of deep uh titles on this one there were some present at that very time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered them, Do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No. I tell you, but unless you repent, boy, I wish they'd talk about that. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell, or the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than other people who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. All I'm trying to point out is Jesus is trying to make it clear that sin is sin is sin. Now, from the practical point of view, would a person rather have somebody, you know, 
steal a stick of gum than do damage to a person? Yes. But any sin not covered in the blood of Jesus Christ will still send you out. This is no matter what, unless you repent. The Galileans were brutally killed. After they were killed, their blood was mixed with with stuff on the ground. I mean, it's you know just like a NCIS. You can't even look. It's like one of those disgusting scenes, right? A tower. So you just think about this. So a tower. So I don't think you got to think a little smaller than a Leaning Tower pizza. But it, it falls on people, kills 18 people. Right? The assumption that mankind makes is that these people must have been worse because of the way they died. <laughs> Wrong answer. All sin and all sinners without Christ have the same ultimate end. Here is the key to what Jesus is teaching the method of death is not the measure of sin. Boy, that's another bumper sticker. I gotta, I gotta open up a bumper sticker business or something. The method of death is not the measure of sin. Those are not. There is not that correlation. I know people think there's a correlation. Uh uh-uh. uh In the final analysis, apart from Christ, sinners are the same, eternally separated from God, no matter what level the sin. And when you go back to that definition of understanding what sin is, it's not it's not something that's different than God. That would be an incorrect, okay? Like a cloud is different from God. That'd be an incorrect definition. It's anything that's contrary to God, anything that God would not approve. When we look at the word hamadiar in the Greek, we see it's missing the mark. Throwing a spear at a target and missing the, not missing the bullseye, missing the mark altogether. Anything contrary to God. And what Jesus is saying is, look, the penalty of sin, unless there's repentance, is brutal all the way around. And the method of death is not the measure of sin. The entire world is in rebellion unless they repent. And turn to God through Jesus Christ. And people are like, well, I don't think that's fair. And God says, I don't care. I created life, my rules. Okay? All right. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a short break, then come back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? I got this this morning, and uh, and it came from Alice Coleman. And I just want to say, she said it's a praise report to share. So I am assuming it's okay to share since it's a praise report to share. I kind of go with it. And I want to read it, if that's okay. And I just want you to hear how brothers and sisters petition. I mean, petition the Lord. And there's times where God says, yes. Listen to this. And she even writes it uh, beautifully, beautiful job by Alice, by the way. This uh, may seem like a minor issue, but it could have gotten much worse quickly. I'm I'm fostering Mama Cat and her four kittens until they're ready to go to their forever homes. On Tuesday, I got a bit too close to the Mama Cat, and she swatted my hand. I had a few scratches, so I cleaned them up and applied antibiotics. In just a few hours, I had a swollen hand, red with infection, and it spread beyond my wrist. 
My doctor had same-day appointments if needed. However, I didn't have my car since it was being repaired. The only thing left was for me to pray for healing for my hand. Isn't that amazing that sometimes get, you're in the position and the, le- the, the only thing left to do is call upon God? She writes, as I watched the infection spread over my hand, my hand began to throb. I knew I needed help. I asked God for healing over and over again. On Wednesday, it looked really bad, and I kept asking God for healing. Let me just commend Alice for push, pushing until something happens. About mid-morning on Wednesday, my hand quit throbbing. Then I noticed that the infection was no longer spreading. Later Wednesday, the infection seemed to be getting smaller. By Wednesday evening, it was definitely clearing up. By bedtime, the infection was gone away. Thursday morning, the infection was completely gone. I praise God for healing the infection. It was only by his intervention that my hand was healed. It's amazing that our great and holy father can care so much that he is willing to heal a hand infection of one of his children. I think that's a fantastic testimony. So mega props, mega props to Alice for doing that. Great job. And I hope that was okay that I shared it. And see, the point is you can pray, you can approach the Lord. And the Lord, you know what? He might say no. I like what Troy said. Sometimes God will say no. It's like that's the end of it. You're done. But sometimes he allows you to keep petitioning. And the reason he does is because the more you pursue him, the closer connected to him you become. And more of your genuine, real faith has to emerge. See, if you just asked and God did it every time you just asked one time, it'd be like God would be like a genie. Well, God's not a genie. He's your heavenly father, needs to be pursued, wants to have a wonderful relationship with you. And so the more you pursue, the more he gets to spend time with you, which is what he wants in the first place, what he wanted with Adam and Eve. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let me give props to Jennifer for doing a phenomenal job this week. Thank you very, very much. Did a great job all week long. You're just like so pro. Oh, thank you. I just don't need to think about it. Like, all right, here's your trivia question. Now, I'm not looking for you to give me a long answer, which is my way of saying give the short answer. Okay. What, according to the Apostle Paul, are our light and passing troubles going to achieve for us? Pretty sure this is in Romans 8. Uh, If I can remember right, uh, part of my brain thinks that's correct. Another part of my brain thinks, what are you talking about? Uh, What, according to the Apostle Paul, are our light and passing troubles going to achieve for us? If you think you know the answer, the phone number, 972-445-0770. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483 as well. You can send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. I'm trying to think if it's I, in the back of my mind. I'm thinking it's Romans 8.18, but I just like there's just this part of it thinks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some days the brain is just better than others. <laughs> 
Sorry. And uh, and I find that's fewer and farther between as you get older. All right. So um, uh, the question straightforward. Come on. You guys know this one. What is our light and passing troubles going to achieve for us? It's uh, working something for us. What is it that uh, we're going to come to because of that? Let's see, because of that. Mm-hmm. Think about that. And what I'd like to tell everybody is think about the end game. Think about the end game. That's your only hint. All right, so because uh, September 11th is on Sunday, so I wanted to read something from Pastor Ray. Uh, I've mentioned before, and I've t- uh, we've done this for years and years, and, and there's not— um, there's not a cool or proper way to say or do anything about September 11th. I had my own experiences. A lot of people had their experiences. I want to read this from Pastor Ray because we don't have that many more that we're going to be able to share from him. And even though he passed on in January, some of his stuff is just so, uh, it's just mint gold. And this is part of that. So I, I want to read that. So just bear with me. And then if we don't answer the uh, trivia question, I'll have Jennifer wave her hands and throw a ping ping pong ball at the thing or something like that. That's what the ping ping bongos were for, by the way, because I would forget and then cricket. See, there you go. Uh, this from Pastor Ray: The day everything changed, remembering 9/11. Uh, this is out of Genesis 26:4. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations of the earth will be blessed. This is Ray writing. In 2001, I took a life-changing trip to Israel. After flying home, my wife and I were awakened the next morning from a jet-lagged sleep when the phone rang. A good friend was calling, clearly upset. Turn on the television now. She was barely able to get the words out. We're being attacked. It was September 11th. Four commercial jetliners had been hijacked by terrorists and used as deadly weapons against American citizens. We began checking with other friends and traveling companions. Several team members who had traveled with us to Israel had left on a later flight. They landed in Newark, New Jersey, and were stranded on the tarmac, where they could see the smoke billowing from uh, lower Manhattan. Some ended up hitchhiking home across the country. With this direct attack on U.S. soil, everything changed. Even though the attack was launched against New York City and Washington, D.C., Israel was the key. The terrorists hated its existence and hated the United States for supporting the Jewish state. Just days earlier, I took part in a vine-planting ceremony in the city of Ariel. That day, kneeling in the dirt, working in the soil, and planting new vines, the importance of God's people impacted me. I'd studied prophecy for decades, but that afternoon I knew the fate of the world revolved around Israel. I have come face to face with a new understanding of prophecy. It's not just the geography of Israel that's important to our understanding. Israel and her people are the center of our world, our history, and our future. Israel is more than a prophetic clock on the wall. Oh, what a great line. God had a beautiful goal in mind when he promised Abraham, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. No one is left out of this promise or this blessing. God manifested his love and grace from the very beginning. We are all his chosen people through the covenant he made with Abraham. When I believed in Jesus as my Lord and Savior and Messiah, I too became a son of promise, a spiritual son of Abraham, 
grafted into the family of God. See Romans 9, 6 through 8. September 11th is a day we will never forget. Our nation and world changed, and our eyes were open to so much, including the need for and importance of obeying God's exhortation. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Psalm 122, verse 6. So Ray writes this as he has just had a trip to Israel, and a lot of people are thinking, well, no, they attacked the United States. We have to understand that the hatred for Israel is what part of all of this is based in. And now, of course, you've got uh, governmental people that hate Israel just as much, and it's just like you look at it and you go, this is wrong. <laughs> it's, just not, it's just wrong. It's just the wrong. All of it is wrong. And, uh, and I shared with you before, uh, you know, the things that happen to most of us are nothing or minute compared to things that happen to people in New York uh, and in Washington. And I think it's fair to say that this is a, a good memory to keep in mind that, one, it could have been a whole lot worse. And I don't mean that in any uh, placating capacity. It could have been significantly worse. Uh, number two, the fact that we, uh, at least for a month— had a United States. <laughs> it was about a month. <laughs> that went out the, out the window. Uh, tells you what we can do if we're united. Also tells you what happens when we're divided, and that's what we've had the last 20-some-odd years. And then uh, the other part of that is that impacts or things that happen in the world impact everybody differently. But here's the key to that. It doesn't catch God by surprise. God didn't go, oh, what? They did this. It's like nothing was surprising to the Lord. The Lord knew what was coming and, and, and uh, prepared things appropriately. I had uh, a, 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 a Christian friend who, and I mentioned him before, his name is Sam Rasool, he's a realtor, and he was, uh, had a Muslim upbringing, he became a Christian, his family 86'd him because he became a, a Christian, which is why him and I got along so famously. He would come into the studio and he'd talk about real estate, which is like, you know, we support it because he was supporting the show. And uh, and he loved the show and we loved having him on because he was a gas. He was a lot of fun. But on September 11th, he was in the air. A Muslim guy in the air. His plane was rerouted and forced to the ground. And he was on his knees with his hands on his back. <laughs> it was just like, it was a mess. And he told the whole story. He's just like, what? The? Was like, what's going on? All right. And you just sit there and you think, that can't be real. It can't be real. Because it didn't happen to you. You know what I'm saying? And you're just looking at the guy. And Sam was just like the, you know, a bright light. Just this really... Uh, powerful guy, and it was actually David Jeremiah who led him to Christ, which, I mean, in David Jeremiah's office, which is like, eh, if you're going to do that, that's a good place to do it. And so he just he just shared, he said, you know, he said, the whole thing is that what people are missing, and, you know, we look at all these this hatred, and we look at all this discord, and, and he, he was sort of brought it up. Here, he goes, here I am, a Muslim Christian, like a Muslim background Christian, talking with a Jewish Christian, and we're both celebrating Jesus in the same area. We love each other. We're in the Lord. We're united in Christ. And you just, you're just sitting there, and you, you know this was way beyond the radio show. This was way beyond me. This was way beyond hosting. It was way beyond uh, the network or anything like that. This was the Lord. Going, no, 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 no. My people. And my people stand with my people. And you get to understand that. 
and we, as much as we did, we were able. We did uh, a couple of projects together. We raised money for uh, to for for fresh water for places around the world, so on and so forth. Sam was just an awesome guy, and the reason that I bring that up is because not everything. Bad. It's not everything that's bad. It's something to be remembered, but also remember God takes what's bad and turns it into something else. It wasn't good that it happened, but it's good that we stay diligent. We pray for our nation, which I'm going to do in a second. And we're aware that our brothers and sisters all over the place, different backgrounds and everything, if they're in Christ, man, they are your brothers or your sisters. I don't care where they come from. If they believe that Jesus died on that cross, was buried, and three days later rose again, and he's coming back, that's your brother or your sister, and God will make us account for that. So just remember that, okay? All right, so I'm going to close this out. I'm going to give the answer to trivia, and then I'm going to close it out with prayer, okay? So the trivia answer, uh, what, according to Apostle Paul, are our light and passing troubles going to achieve for us? And the answer to that is an eternal glory, an eternal glory. So the stuff you go through now, you're just putting a down payment on that which is coming. All right, let's close in prayer. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you and praise you and worship you for everything you've done for each one of us. Your kindness exceeds us. I, I say that all the time. It's just beyond us. And Lord, we pray for our nation. Have mercy on the United States of America. Let your compassion move upon our leaders, that they might be led by your spirit and not by the flesh or by the enemy. Give us a chance at redemption by humbling ourselves before you and following your ways. You are the king. Let us be faithful servants and blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a 70 and one half hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with spinanity. Talk to you then. Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.